M. I reject the premise of your question. Your question, I reject. Rejecting your question, I object. Premising your questioning on a rejection, the premise of which I reject, thus I will reject your premise, even if you are premising a questioning a rejectioning. Amen. Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. There has been no shortage of frustration and dismay with a lot of the decisions that the current provincial government has made, not only in regards to the whole response to COVID, but in regards to how they're representing the province, and even in a lot of ways bigger uh, in regards to how they're governing the province. One of the silver linings of this whole little journey that the province of Alberta is undertaking right now with the UCP as government is the creatives have stepped up in a way that we haven't seen in this province, at least to my memory, in quite some time. It has seen some of the best uh, response from artists and the arts, uh, including music and a variety of other formats. And today we are very, very excited to be welcoming to the show two of the creatives who are part of that movement. Uh, so today we have Jackie Seidel, who is an associate professor of curriculum and learning at the University of Calgary. And we also have Darlene St. George, who is a visual artist, poet, and creation-centered scholar, who's also a professor of art education at the University of Lethbridge. Le Thank you both so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us, Nate. Thank you so, so much. Before we get too far into the, uh, the project, I just want to give, have each of you, if you don't mind, give a little bit of background on who you are and how you came to be in the roles that you're in right now. Um, Jackie, you're at the, the top of the author's page, so I'm going to start with you. You mean my role as a, in life? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> sure. So um, this is my 30th year being a teacher, and uh, I live here in Calgary, and uh, I... Uh, really enjoyed teaching children. I love literacy and how children learn to read, especially is one of my passions. And uh, I also love the outdoors. And so a lot of my graduate work focused on ecological understandings, ecological pedagogy. So how we are in the world, how teachers might face uh, climate crisis and other kinds of ecological crisis and how we can think about that in our work with children. And I'm also really interested in the arts and how all of these ways of being and understanding work through the arts. So that's kind of leads into this book. And uh, I'm very passionate about uh, preserving the biodiversity of the planet. So I'm also a beekeeper. And uh, so that's one thing I was doing today before it started to snow was uh, getting my hives ready for winter time. Okay. So given that biography, I'm going to go ahead and hazard a guess that you were, you were, perhaps not on the list of, of people who were consulted for the new curriculum? Well, most professors weren't consulted for the new curriculum, professors in education. Uh, so we've tried along the way to give our feedback um, to the Ministry of Education, to the minister, and 
Uh, some of it was heard, some of it's not being heard. And we ran some forums through the university and my colleagues and I have written some articles and tried to be involved in educating people about what curriculum is and how curriculum design and development normally happens. Perfect. Okay. We could probably do a whole whole different episode on on, on that topic, but I'm going to try to s- yeah. stay on target. There are uh, lots, of us, lots of us here in Alberta with PhDs in curriculum. And and I haven't heard a whole lot of, of endorsements from those PhDs in curriculum for the, the new curriculum, but that's, uh, like I said, that's a different beast. Another day. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Darlene. Tell us, what's, what's the, the abbreviated version of your life story? <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that in full, but uh, I can at least say that um, as a practicing artist and art educator, that I'm very invested in, um, in learning and expression around the arts. I was, um, before entering into the academy, I was a high school art teacher for about 15 years. Uh, I've lived in different contexts and worked in different contexts, classrooms, public classrooms. Um, Students embrace learning uh, in the arts, in our education system. And I really um, strive to uh, connect with students at that level. Um, I've transitioned fairly recently into the academy. So I think I'm in year five at the moment and I'm living in Alberta. Uh, in Lethbridge uh, and work um, as assistant professor in art education at the university in the faculty of education. Um, and as you mentioned in when you introduced me, um, most of my um, research and actually my creative work is centered around creation centered research. It's a kind of a term that I've coined to bring together the arts, recognizing the arts and artistic expression as a form of knowledge uh, and as a mean of, of um, um, articulating and navigating complex experience. And so that's where Jackie and I kind of uh, meet in that sense in, in collaboration with this book. Okay. I don't want to give away the, the title quite yet because it's, it's, it's too good uh, and there's something to be said for suspense. But how did the two of you get connected and, and where did the, what, what's the muse here? Uh, well, I uh, started writing some found poetry um, just first with words that Jason Kenny was saying and it was sort of just a private thing I was doing and then once in a while posting them on my Facebook just for my friends. And uh, then I sent one to Alberta Views and it was accepted to Alberta Views and published there. And so I started writing more and more of them. And the more I wrote, the more they came to me and it would be like, I'd be listening to a news conference and I would hear a title. It always started with a title. So I would hear something in something that a UCP MLA would say, or that a a journalist would say, or that Jason Kenny would say. And I would usually write down the title. And then if it was a news conference, I had to listen to it again and transcribe it. Or if I was reading the Hansard, I teach uh, social studies classes, uh, methodology classes in our teacher ed program as part of my teaching. And so of course that centers a lot around politics, following politics, how we teach it in the classroom. So I'm always following current events and what's happening and encouraging students too. So reading the Hansard documents, following what's happening on social media. And uh, so more and more and more of these poems started to get written. 
uh, always starting with the title and they came from various places. So social media and the Hansard. So from the legislative sessions and then also from Jason Kenney's Facebook live sessions from articles uh, in the newspapers. And then one day after I was posting them, Darlene was one of my Facebook friends. And so uh, we didn't really know each other very well at that point. We just knew each other as colleagues and uh, had never actually met in person. And uh, anyways, she sent me a message one day through Facebook Messenger and said, like, are you interested in collaborating and turning these poems we've written into a book? And so that's when I started to take it a lot more seriously and went back and started documenting where all of them came from and started uh, organizing them. Okay. Darlene probably has some more things to say about that. Yeah, Yeah, I remember... um reading the poems. I, I think actually I contacted Jackie. It was probably two in the morning. I couldn't resist. And I was, I don't know, I wasn't sleeping that night. I was under a lot of stress because of all of the cuts that were happening. You know, it impacted me uh, personally. It was a very visceral experience. My stress level was high. I was having trouble sleeping. And it, and that, you know, it wasn't just me. Of course, um, many, many people were having this type of experience. Um, and, uh, when I read one of Jackie's poems, I actually laughed out loud and then I had tears at the same time. So it was such, um, a visceral emotional experience. And, um, as Jackie pointed out, we, we knew of each other as colleagues and I just couldn't resist. I'm like, okay, uh, we need to do something with this and I'm willing to support, uh, this work and, and uh, put in my two cents as an artist and and see what will come of it. So before we get too far into the the book, which I'm I'm still just holding off on the title for because it's so much fun. um, Could we get maybe a sample of of one of these these poems? Yeah, sure. Um, I chose uh, the ones today some of the poems in the book are funny, but a lot of them aren't. A lot of them are very, make me very sad to read them or feel stressed. And Darlene was talking about this, a kind of visceral response. And that's something that arts-based research does and uh, like poetic inquiry, which this is part of a what poetic inquiry can look like, what I've done in documenting what's happening in Alberta this way. So the one that I chose uh, is something that I think a lot of listeners would be familiar with and Uh, The poem is called Out to Pasture by Jason Kenney. The average age of death from COVID in Alberta is 83. And I remind the house that the average life expectancy in the province is age 82. We cannot continue indefinitely to impair the social and economic, as well as the mental health and physiological health of the broader population for potentially a year through measures for an influenza that does not generally threaten life, apart from the most elderly, the immunocompromised, and those with comorbidities. And then at the bottom of each of them in the book, I very carefully documented each of them where they came from. So this is a direct citation of Jason Kenney's speech in the Alberta legislature on May 27th, 2020. And then Don, Don Braid wrote a piece about it uh, in the Calgary Herald, and he called these comments cold-blooded. 
And uh, I can say my dad is 85 and he's still working full time, building fences and being a stonemason and driving his skid steer around. And uh, he was so upset when he heard this because he said, like, well, he was 84 then, but he said, you know, I listened to that. And I was like, yeah, 82, that's really old. And then he said, then I realized I'm 84. I'm older than that. And he was really, really offended and upset by these comments that he was somehow, you know, that's where I got that uh, title out to pasture. Yeah, it's it's interesting that that particular moment in time in Alberta's history, I think, is going to be a a very well documented and remembered uh, piece. We just did an interview with a political science professor and everybody that I, I talk to about what's been going on over the last couple of years, there's two places that people keep going back to. One of them is January 1st with the, the Aloha Gate, and the other one is when Mr. Kenny stood up and said that in the the, the legislature, because I think it just showed such a, a depraved indifference uh, to not only the situation, but the fact that, as, as you just perfectly illustrated, there's no question that people over the age of 83 can still have very meaningful uh, lives that, that contribute to the fabric of our society. Uh, and it's, it's something else that we have to point that out to the, the Premier of Alberta. Um, so, yeah, wow, okay. Um, the book is titled... Bigfoot, Buffalo, and Bumbles, and it is the Jason Kenny Poetry Project. Where did the title, there we go, we got it on the screen right there. Where did the title come from? Well, this title actually didn't come as easily as most of the titles for the poem. So Darlene and I were listing, I can't even remember them, like a lot of different titles that it could be. And we knew probably Bigfoot would be in the title because of what happened with the Netflix Bigfoot film and mm -hmm. with the Energy Center. And then uh, there's those two poems about, at the end of the book, we have two poems uh, where uh, they're citing Jason Kenny talking about the buffalo. And mm -hmm. uh, as he knows very well in Alberta that, and the prairies and in North America, the animal is called bison, not buffalo. And... Mm -hmm. uh, this is used a lot as a kind of dog whistle to put out the word buffalo that certain people will hear it. So we put buffalo in there to go with those two poems. And uh, what is it? Bigfoot, buffalo, and now I can't remember the name of our book. Bumble. Bigfoot, bumbles. buffalo, and bumbles. And so I mean, we didn't put any notes about that in the book, but the term bumbles came from uh, an article. I think it's in the National Post from about 2015. Mm -hmm. And a journalist called, I can't remember who it was, I can look it up, but uh, referred to J Jason Kenney's bumbles as a federal minister and mm -hmm. wrote that like maybe he should stop tweeting and these kind of things that we still became the poems in our book and that he made so many bumbles. And so this kind of started to stick in uh, as, a, as a nickname for Jason Kenney. So anyways, the title eventually came from my sister. Um, so when we were like brainstorming so many different titles and what it could be and so here it is. So collaborative effort all around. Perfect. Um, I have, I have, I'll be totally honest. I have read parts of the book. I have not read the entire thing. So I don't want to try to pretend that, that I can speak to the whole thing with authority, but I, I have, I am super curious. Do, do you have any Ron Orr poems in there? Yes, there's a Ron Orr poem in the book. Is it just a blank page? No, we do. <laughs> 
<laughs> we, we do have a blank page in the book, which is um, mm-hmm. a poem called We Love Healthcare Workers. And mm-hmm. uh, that's a, it just, that's it. That's the title. Uh, or we love not just healthcare workers. We fix the title because we want to include people like you, Nate. So it's like, we love, are you looking it up there? Yeah. <laughs> so that one is blank. And when Darlene first saw it, I got this note back from her. She was like, where did you mean to leave this one blank when she was working on the book with me? Yeah. But uh, no, we do have a run. Did you find what it was called? Really, Darlene? No, I didn't. I can look right off. <laughs> so we have that one is a blank poem. But no, we have one by Ron Orr, the one where he talks about Jason Kenny being raised by God for these times. So there is a Ron Orr poem in there. Perfect. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've got the I've got the page up here uh, with the the We Love Healthcare Workers, and that's 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 fantastic. Um, uh, that it's not just the poems though. Uh, there's there's a a pretty in depth visual experience that goes along with this book. And and Darlene, if you wouldn't mind, could you could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, it's, it's perfect timing because we can talk about the cover itself, right? Um, so the cover, um, and I'm going to hold it up here because it's nice to see something when you're talking about imagery. Uh, I can start with the uh, overall color of red. And so that red color was, uh, was inten- intentional, um, symbolizing strength and resilience. Uh, and so uh, for me, that color uh, and, and that symbolism of strength and resilience really encapsulates the book itself and the intention of the book. Um, and, and we considered it as an artifact, right? Uh, that the collection is an artifact and it contains and holds a complex story of our times and the unique circumstances that we find, <clears throat> that we have found, find are in, in Alberta. Um, specifically, um, the complexity of navigating a global pandemic while being dealt a devastating blow um, of Kenny, Kenny's cuts to education. And I suppose that's my angle. That was my way in and, and uh, my reaching out uh, to, um, to uh, Jackie. And of course, the bison, which Jackie brought up, um, was specifically cover... Uh, on the cover, centralized on the cover, I chose an image where uh, the bison is looking directly at the viewer, to the viewer. And I found that that um, strikes up um, a relationship between the viewer and the buffalo. And I chose that intentionally and situated that intentionally to symbolize a calling, a type of a calling for us to um, ground ourselves or reground or try to reground ourselves in this complex upheaval that we've uh, were experienced. Um, I also chose the image because it is a sacred animal um, for Blackfoot Cree Métis, the original peoples of this land. The banner, uh, the banner uh, at the top of the uh, buffalo here these are images of uh, protest banners that youth and children stood for in downtown Calgary on climate change. And so in that way, I honor their voices by including those images right in the front cover. And I pick up clever statements that they've made that were on their 
on their uh, protest uh, signs like, there is no planet B. I thought that was very clever. Uh, the bottom banner uh, of the cover, and I know I'm going on and on about the cover, but there is a lot of imagery on there and there's a lot of symbolism, uh, meaningful symbolism. So the, the bottom banner is a collection of wildflower images that are juxtaposed with uh, pump jacks uh, used for oil dr drilling. And I chose the pump jacks because it is a familiar image and people will automatically know um, uh, what that means. And it symbolizes the tension here uh, in Alberta with the oil and gas industry and those who are fighting to protect Alberta's uh, lands and mountain regions. And so overall, the book acts um, to set up and to invite the readers and the viewers into the conversation, into the dialogue and, uh, and uh, their experience. And it really is a shout out for us to say, we hear you and uh, we are sharing this as our story, not just Jackie and I's, but our story, right? Capital O. Um, yeah, so that's the beginning intro to, you know, the, uh, the imagery and like Jackie pointed out, you know, it, it is um, an additional text and dialogue that's happening um, woven uh, through and with the poems. And it evolves as you as you go through the book because it's not just it's 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 not just this single header that that keeps it all the way through. You have you have headers that are associated with the the, the subjects as, or the chapters. I, I I'm probably not using the right words. Um, chapters, I think yes. No, okay. that's right. And I I think that uh, Jackie can speak to maybe the organization. Like once the poems were created. Um, then they were, we kind of grouped them, right, Jack? Yeah, that was hard work, actually, because I didn't write them in any particular order, and they're not actually in a, any kind of consecutive or time-bound order throughout the book. So we had to sit down, and because Darlene was working on the art, we had sat down and went through them and chose the ones for the book out of the ones that I had and uh, kind of grouped them into and regroup them, regroup them. So that part was really hard work actually coming up with the mm -hmm. sections that were going to be in the book. And we then had a whole bunch that didn't have sections. And so we had to think about, are there more sections or what could they be called and where do they fit together as themes? And so, yeah, then I didn't see Darlene's art until she finished it and is sending me the whole book. So I still see so many surprises. Every time I look, <laughs> there's something to laugh at and little like kind of Easter eggs hidden all the way through it that I didn't notice in previous readings, even though I've seen it so many times. So um, that really is a really great gift of this collaboration to have everything in what I was working on amplified. How long did it take to, to put this whole package together? Uh, the book itself? I think we've been working on this together for close to a year, right? Yeah. At least. Yeah, I would say about a year that we were working on and off on kind of figuring out how to organize it, what the images would look like, what we wanted to do with it, how we could present it to the world. And then the poems I started like about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. um, and this has just been released. Is that right? Yeah. Where, where do people... I, I, I have so much more I want to talk about, but I want to make sure that I include this because otherwise I'm going to feel terrible. Where, where do people get it? Get it? Yeah. 
So we have a website uh, that's www.jasonkennypoetryproject.com. And there's a free PDF download available on that website. And it works really well on computer or on a tablet. Uh, and we have a suggestion there that people might consider giving a donation to organizations that support people that have become more vulnerable during this time, either because of the pandemic or because of the policies of the UCP. And so we have a list of suggested <laughs> organizations with links, but also a suggestion to consider making a donation uh, if someone is getting the book for free, um, if they can afford it and they feel like they want to. And then it has a link to purchase the book, which uh, we are not profiting from in any way. So it's just printed at cost um, and the link is there as well on the website. What's, uh, I, I wanna know, what are, what are each of your favorites? Like if, if you had to each pick like two or three, I, I, I there's, some of these titles are just <laughs> literary candy for lack of a better term. <laughs> I'm 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 currently on the uh I've been I've been following along as you guys uh, ladies have been talking um to try to make sure that, and if it's okay with you what I'll do uh Darlene is when you were talking about the the art components of it um I'll actually put those graphics directly up on the screen uh so that people can see very clearly what you're talking about because I think the detail is really important um but right now I'm I'm stuck on small dick energy pipeline blues uh <laughs> That's that's my favorite title so far. But I want what 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 are yours? A lot of people say that is their favorite one because um, it does. I think you know we're in a really severe ecological crisis. I've been working on this in my research for over twenty years and thinking about what that means for us as teachers. And uh, I just like astonished by the repeated reference to building pipelines and this focus on this when there's so many ways that we could focus on building community and living together through this transition that is gonna happen no matter what we desire to happen, it's happening and needs to happen uh, for a future to be possible on this planet for our descendants and other creatures. So I think that title, I love that title too. I don't know, it just came into my mind one day and then that poem came, but, uh, it is a kind of blues, I think, a kind of loss of, you know, a life that gave great privileges, but came at a huge cost. So I like that one. I don't know. I like the Bigfoot ones. Like, I just really feel connected. I see your shirt there, Nate. And so <laughs> I feel connected to what that was. And I think it's also to the, that's connected to the ecological troubles that we're in. And so to me, that represented not the cartoon, but the conversation about Bigfoot and criticizing that cartoon. I know that it wasn't about that movie and that it was about mm -hmm. declaring um, a kind of disdain for the planet and that they didn't care if it gets wrecked. And uh, so I don't know that I feel very close to that part and very moved by it. I actually can't read those poems out loud without starting to cry. Mm -hmm. So that's really? my that's my favorite. Yes. So okay. that, I don't know why I can't explain it really, but I think that we're all Bigfoot and people that love the world and love this life to me are Bigfoot. Like if I went to a climate strike, I probably would now carry a, maybe like we are all Bigfoot now, but only I would probably understand what the sign means. But, you know, I think the climate striking children are also Bigfoot and they've also been attacked by this government. 
and really anybody mm-hmm. up about these things gets attacked. So to me, all of them are represented by Bigfoot. And that's not a very nice place to be in when you have a government that is supposed to care about people and be responsible for us and our health and the health and well-being of the planet. It's not a nice feeling that they don't care about us and are actually saying they don't care. So yeah, I don't know. Darlene, what's your favorite? Oh, I have to say, you know, I spent so much time um, with the poems while I was designing the book and doing the artwork and responding to the poems. And uh, how many times did I break out in laughter by myself, you know, in my in my studio, just breaking out in laughter because the titles are just so captivating <laughs> and uh, ridiculous and actually reflect, um, you know, the absurdity <laughs> of... Uh, of uh, what's happening um i really like i like the the buffalo ones in the back <laughs> uh, be like the buffalo hashtag be like the buffalo i find that very uh, intriguing and herding together buffalo poem number one uh, i would have to say those two but you know there's many many in here for me uh, with the titles that just um yeah <laughs> impact me (laughs) it's one of the reasons why i haven't had the opportunity to to read the whole thing is because it it is an a surprisingly emotional journey i mean the 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 tell the truth one uh by by bigfoot uh is almost childlike in its sincerity and you bounce from from that to like the first one that you read there to some of the the, the really really funny ones and, and the formatting I got to say in some of the poems is absolutely brilliant, um, but it's it's this I would not recommend anyone try to read this in an afternoon. Uh, this is this is like my my goal has kind of been three or four a day um, to be able to give them the the space to, to breathe and have, have the full weight. And I, is there a way that you would recommend that people read this or, cause I'm, I'm not very bright and fairly simple. Well, I'm kind of the same way. I think that, you know, as somebody who's interested in forms of literacies, uh, I see this as a documentary, but it doesn't have to be read in order. It can be read however a reader wants to. So flipping through it, whatever catches your eye, or like if you're caught by a section called socialism, where Darlene's art is the opposite of the poem. So the art is warm and full of love and the poems are really wonky. And like, mm-hmm. if people aren't following what happens in the legislature, then, you know, they're gonna find out how our tax dollars are being spent and how people are using time during COVID to give member statements that are just completely ridiculous and nonsensical. And that's super frustrating. So I think people can read it how they want. I also think that you can read it with just the art. So just looking through the art, there's a lot of images in Darlene's art, and she can speak more to that, but that it shows things that were happening that aren't in the poems and that remind us about what was happening. So mm-hmm. uh, Darlene, you wanted to share like a few of those about this well, work? Yeah, I'm thinking about um, the section called Political Bumbles. And um, 
if I just open that up here, that was near the end of my uh, process in terms of the banners, but this is an example of the banner, right? And so Jackie and I had a conversation about that section. And sometimes our dialogue really helped um, uh, me play with the images and so on. And in this section here, of course, we're looking at uh, Kenny's blue truck and, and this whole kind of fantasy wrapped around the blue truck. And so I kind of played with that a little. And in, in the banner here, I've got him, I think he, I think he's into Dodge Ram trucks. Is that it? But blue is the color. And um, so here I kind of replaced the Dodge Ram club, uh, truck and put him in a toy blue truck. Um, and then he is um, one of the poems that Jackie wrote that really stood out. The title was I will not say Canada. Uh, that's Jackie's title that really impacted me and I found that interesting and so um, I found it interesting that he drove around in this truck with a Canada flag uh, but he actually never says Canada in any of his talks uh, and, and Jackie pointed that out uh, so I played with that a little um, so he's really squished in this uh, little bo boy's blue truck um, so we're talking about that that idea that you know he's he's created this identity around this uh, blue truck and he uses that identity to connect with people in his campaigning and so on and I find that very fascinating because it is a very a very narrow um, uh, cultivated identity right anyway so I play with that and um, he's driving down this blue truck and he's driving at night and you know, in an industrial area in the banner, that's the point. He's driving through this industrial area. And we know that, or I think anyways, that, you know, uh, industrial big parking lots, I always see them in crime scenes and movies. And and for me, they, they represent dangerous areas. So he's happily driving through this um, darkened um, industrial parking lot with his blue truck, his Canadian flag with fire in the back of his truck. He's cargoing the fire and flinging around his COVID mask because he's not wearing it anymore because he doesn't have to. And so just playing with that, that identity, right? And I actually had a lot of fun doing that particular banner. I didn't even notice the mask until you said it there. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. And I, I, the hashtags, though. Yeah, so that's that's the other layer, right? Hashtag hum, because that's the political bumples, right? Uh, well, and that's integrated in the poems, all the stops and starts that uh, that Jackie cleverly uh, wove through her poems too. That's that's fantastic, um, and and again, it's 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 quite striking to me. I mean, I, the the Ron Orr one is the the second one in there, uh, but it's quite striking to me the again that that juxtaposition because there is some biting, biting satire that's going on here. But there is an underlying, in, in, in some of them, I would almost call it a mourning um, that's, that's going on. And it's, it's, it's powerful. Mm. Well, I mean, in this case too, you know, what I wanted to say was um, with, this, with this identity and this fix on this very narrow identity, it really dismisses the diversity of our of the peoples in this province. Yeah. And that's pretty alarming. Yeah. Yeah. 
or I just have this one laying here on the table. You know, and I read this poem before about what Jason Kenney was saying in the legislature about elderly people, but then this one that has the same banner, what, uh, from that section on political bumbles. And this was from the UCP AGM last year, where it was out in the news and the screenshots were shared of how to write a fundraising letter. And so I titled this poem, How to Grift a Senior. So at the same time as the seniors being, <laughs> it's kind of fun seeing somebody react to these for the first time, Nate. But you know, how to, grift a, how to Grift a Senior, a guest poem by the United Conservative Party. And so, you know, it's instructions, deliberate instructions, how to manipulate senior citizens into giving up their money. And so most of the poems are written down exactly the same way as they were written. Like I didn't change like very much, even in the formatting. And I didn't change in most of them the words. And if I did change words, I documented what was changed. And, you know, so like to remember the average donor is over 70, so no small font. And, uh, you know, how to ask- Yeah, are you gonna read it for us, Jackie? Could oh, you read I, it? Sure. It wasn't on my pile of ones to read, but I, I can read it. How to grift, is, it's more fun if you see it, how it's written on the page, because I was like copying the slides that were in the news, but uh, how to grift a senior, a guest poem by the United Conservative Party, the fundraising letter. Use simple language and emotion, fear, anger, greed, guilt. Create urgency, an election could be called any day. Include tax credit chart, $50 today may cost just $12.50 after taxes. Four page letter proven more successful. Use courier font, 12 point or higher, no long paragraphs. Remember, average donor is 70 plus. No small font. Always include a PS. So this was the exact slides that were shared at their AGM. And there was a lot of outcry over this when it showed up in the media. And you know that it's unveiled that purposeful manipulation is being used on senior citizens. Mm -hmm. and here's the instructions how to do it. So yeah, and then it shows up in this section with the blue truck. So uh, I think they are hard to read. I think you're right, Nate, that sometimes reading them slowly is the way to do it because they actually took me along. I mean, they are slow. They're over a year and a half period of what was happening in Alberta and it's still happening, but I'm not doing a second volume, I don't think. So I have written a few more since, but uh, I think I'm done. It took a lot of energy and it, it really drains you to focus on this mm -hmm. over and over and over and start paying attention and watching it and you start to see the connections between all the different things, how deliberate a lot of these words and sayings and movements are. So, and I tried it, to document that, like one of them is about, uh, I forget the word, oh, nut bars. So in the poem called Nut Bars, uh, Jill McGowan from the Alberta Federation of Labor used this word nut bars in talking about something about schools. And uh, so when I looked up in, I heard one of the MLA say something about it, but I looked it up in the Hansard and I documented it in the notes section and every single MLA that spoke in the legislature that day used the word nut bars multiple times in different contexts. And so I went through and counted how many times. And so you could see how deliberate this was that they have been given the instructions to repeat and repeat incorporate this into what they're saying in the legislature. And uh, the, that's why I was exhausted at the end because it just was really too much for me to observe all this and witness it. 
and then try to write it down for other people. So I'm pretty much done. Yeah, no, I can under, I, I, even just, I mean, you were, you were commenting on my reaction there and the, the, the titles are, a lot of them are, are very funny. Um, as, as, as you might have gauged from, from my reaction, but you go from this really, really funny title to, oh yeah, that, that happened. And it's, 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 it's an incredible amount of emotional energy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I think that that's why, that's why I've been kind of trying to take my time with it and let it breathe because it, it's, I, it's an, it's an emotional marathon, um, but it's, I think it's a really, really important one because it's that juxtaposition of uh, satire and silly and fun to the reminder of this is where we are, by the way. Mm-hmm. And that it yeah. keeps going. Like every day, there's another new thing. Like I didn't document it probably so hard to keep up. One, one million of what was going on. Like I only documented them if a title came to my mind. So, you know, all the things that there was no title popping into my mind are not there. And I think it's very serious, you know, that we're in this like very critical time when people need help and support and assistance. And, you know, they're just like messing around all the time. And that's what it looks like to me when I read this. Like, I'm like, where are you being serious? Where are you addressing the people that you are supposed to be caring for? And you're calling them names and you're making fun of them and you're trying to divide them on purpose. And, you know, you're creating division with like Jason Kenny won't say Canada ever. So he always says Ottawa, the Dominion, Laurentian elites. Like he's got like a long string of words that he would use whenever you actually would name our country that we live in. So it is very exhausting and very overwhelming to watch a government behave this way. It's it's hard to one of the things that we deal with on on the show here is that it's hard to keep up with the the onslaught because every time you think that we've either hit a new low or we've hit the maximum amount of stupid that a government can generate they 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 come up with something that's just like i we were i remember we were doing an episode on uh we were putting the episode together and the the bigfoot thing came out and all of us were just like are you kidding like we don't even have to write jokes about this it's 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 almost as if the government is satirizing itself and i I think you do a very good yeah. <laughs> Very good job of highlighting that. But if they really were going after a television show, they would have gone after Tin Star. You know, it's yeah. in the UK and very, very critical of Alberta's. It's set in Alberta and features the oil industry and man camps and violence and violence against Indigenous people and pipeline politics. And like this show is on at the same time streaming. And so, you know, I think that's why it's not about a cartoon it was about distraction and uh mm-hmm. about fundraising and fundraising with our money because it was the canadian energy center doing it which is our tax dollars like the whole thing is infuriating yeah there is a poem nate about uh where jason kenny says that he's doing it on purpose like making a mess of things so you'll find that when you go through i it, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest because i mean you you take a look at his some of the folks that communicate for him and it is it is so deliberately and deeply inflammatory 
that it is almost impossible. The, the, the one nice thing I will say about the, the communication strategy that this government has chosen to use is they've done such a great job, <clears throat> excuse me, they've done such a great job of saying so much stupid stuff that I have not seen a, a tweet from Mr. Wolf uh, in quite some time, because as soon as he says anything, the onslaught of responses with the screen capture of his The Pandemic is Ending Deal With It tweet. Uh, I mean, he's silenced himself in a, a really wonderful way. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's too bad he did that after we finished the manuscript, or that would definitely be in the book. <laughs> <laughs> So now you said that you didn't know if there was going to be another one, but I, I, I want to make sure that we kind of touch on the what the the project is because it's not just a a, a book, um, and and you did in fairness call it volume one, so there's <laughs> there's room here. Um, but what is what what's the greater scope of it as well? I think we're looking at this as um, as a research project as well as a documentary, as Jackie pointed out. I thought I thought I think that is a really good way of framing it, an artifact, if you will. And um, uh, we actually did uh, poetry reading and uh, a workshop uh, recently at uh, Loft One Twelve. Uh, they graciously supported us in, in that work. And uh, the workshop was a combination of um, Jackie reading her poems. And then we facilitated um, uh, a poetry uh, making workshop to, to teach, I guess. Yeah, to teach, to show, to invite uh, others to create poems in response to um, the times that we are living in and to do it collaboratively um, as a group. And so we ended up creating um, a collaborative installation of poems on one of the walls in the gallery. Um, and it, it was just fantastic. And so we're hoping to take that up um, later uh, to write about it, to write about uh, that experience, to, to write about, um, you know, the poetry that was generated, those are people's uh, voices other than our own, and in collaboration with the book and our experience. And, um, you know, although that we, uh, you know, that we're putting out a book sort of thing, there really is our invested humanness and our experience of creating that book. And I know uh, with Jackie um, and the intensity of the work that she did with uh, collecting uh, all of the uh, words and information and compiling those poems and writing them and so on, there were moments that we needed to take a break. We needed to have some breathing space in order to continue with the project, right? So uh, lasting quite some time. But I think we're, we're still in the middle of the project in a way because, um, you know, the response of people is an important part of the inquiry here, right? Um, once the book, now the book has just been out for a couple of days, actually. So it'll be interesting to uh, to receive that response, the response to the people that uh, participated in our workshop. And um, Jackie, do you have more to add to that? 
Um, yeah, not too much, actually. I think that uh, we are wait. It is in the middle of it now. So now the book is mm -hmm. in the world and it's free and it is going mm -hmm. to do its own thing uh, outside of whatever we wanted to do with it. So it has to speak mm -hmm. for itself now. And um, I think it was interesting how you started, Nate, with talking about the arts and you said like the creatives, I don't remember the words you used exactly, but the creatives have stepped up or emerged. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, the arts, which are under assault also now, uh, can mm -hmm. be seen as very dangerous. And we see this even sometimes in the university, you know, arts-based research is seen like not so important as like some other kinds of research. And so I think I don't believe that, but uh, I think that our mm -hmm. book stands as like an example of the kind of discipline that arts research and arts endeavors demands of people and mm -hmm. that it's a way of interpreting the world and what's happening to us that can be a lasting artifact that can like in 10 years, somebody can look and be like, whoa, that was super weird in Alberta and like, other people who didn't live through this might be like, how could that even have happened here? Mm -hmm. so that this is a way of representing data and our data here was the words of the people and how we wrote them down and documented them so in that sense it was a really serious project that stands as an example of how important the arts can be in society and how important this kind of scholarship uh, can be in terms of documenting and communicating with people so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens to it next mm -hmm. really we're just in this very fresh time of it now you know we've done a yeah. lot of work by ourselves and sharing it a little bit but now it's public and so to make something public puts it in a new dimension a new light yeah i would even go so far to say is it um it's like it like we're gifting it and now it's going to it's in the world and there will be a response of some kind or it being taken up in different ways. And that's so interesting. Yeah, it is. Actually, I have to say they felt like gifts to me. I have found this time very, very stressful. Um, not of writing the poems, but this political time in Alberta, it's not what I wish for this place and for our community. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it was though, like I was getting gifts, you know, like I would listen to a news conference. I'd be like, whoa, you have no idea what you just gave me. So, <laughs> you know, and I was out for lunch at a patio recently and my my friend that I was with were sitting there and she's like your best friend is coming I'm like who and she's like your best friend and I was like I didn't know what she was talking about and she said Jason Kenny's right behind you and so I turned my head and Jason Kenny literally walks out the door and he sits down at the table right beside us so I have to have lunch on the patio beside Jason Kenny and the whole time I just was like you have no idea what I did, like that I wrote a whole <laughs> book of your words. And I just like felt like getting up and reading a poem in the middle of the patio, but I didn't do it. But it felt like a gift to me when they were in a way that a way of coping with this time was to document mm. and sit down in this way. Uh, that that forces the question, have, have you sent him a copy? No. So... <laughs> We haven't deliberately drawn attention to ourselves in this way yet. So not tagging, not like, I've, we're just kind of, and that wasn't our purpose, was not to provoke Jason Kenny yeah. or provoke them. So um, I have wondered if I should do it, but that's not anything that we've done, but maybe he'll get a copy. So I've ordered a few copies of it. So 
But I don't, I don't know if that matters. Like, I don't know if it's not really in a way about him. It's about us and what we've experienced. Yeah. I don't know that, that, that he lacked or that he possesses the, oh, I don't know what the word would be to internalize the, the scope and magnitude of what you've done here. I don't, I don't know if he has that ability to take a look at, at what, how, how bad you have to be at things in order to inspire something like this. Oh, and I think, yeah, he really exists in the blue truck, right? Yeah. In the toy blue truck. In the toy blue truck. I was riding my bike down the street the other day and there was this toy blue, you know, the little trucks that kids can sit and drive. These people had a blue truck like that sitting in the middle of their lawn. I was like, are you kidding me? So I went back the next day. It wasn't there, but I didn't know if they put it there as a joke. Like, or if it was like just because their kid was riding their blue truck. So, but I think, you know, they might be, I think they're proud of some of their words. Like they said these things, they wrote them down. I wrote them down just how they said them. So the things that Miranda Rosin has said, or, you know, I think Angela Pitt telling people to do their research, whether they wanted to get a vaccine or not, or, you know, Jason Kenney saying that like, it's just the flu. Like these things have come back now to haunt Alberta in a very terrible way. And so mm-hmm. I'm glad that we wrote them down and yeah. mm-hmm. see the consequences of them now, but I don't think it matters if they read it or don't read it. Like that's quite irrelevant to me because we didn't write it for them. We wrote it for ourselves and then for the people who want to read the book. So whoever wants to read the book, that's who it's for. Yeah, and, and to support the people who were on the front lines protesting and uh, you know, walking with their signs and uh, the youth and teachers and students and uh, the protests, the, um, uh, uh, the the snow penguins and all of the symbolism around that is all in there, right? As as an honoring, I would say too. Yeah, to to me the 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 arts have always. Been, I mean, you talked a little bit there, Jackie, about how the the arts have been very deliberately targeted in a lot of ways, and I think the reason for that is as much as the arts can be a powerful place for people to find solace, uh, I think that they also can be an extremely powerful catalyzing agent, uh, and they can not only provide important context, uh, but I think that they they have the ability to inspire people to initiate change in in ways that other things simply can't uh and this is it i really can't overstate what a what a powerful little little project this is that you've put together and 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 i i i just want to say thank you because it's it's it is an an incredible emotional journey and i really would encourage all of our our listeners and viewers to I, I mean, you can you can download the PDF and make the donation. I come from a very sort of Vonnegutian place where there's I, I'm going to be ordering a copy because there's 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 something organic and and I, I don't know what the word would be, uh, but but really really good about being able to sit down and and turn the pages of a book and breathe with it and and all of that. So I I would encourage people to order themselves a copy um, because I'm going to as soon as we're done this. (laughs) Um, Is there anything else that that either of you would like people to know uh, about the project or open mic, whatever you want to talk about? 
Um, no pressure. No, I think I think that uh, I think that was just it was a great um, continues to be a great experience. Uh, I'm very happy that uh, Jackie was willing to to go through um, some of the things that she went through, like the stresses of collecting all the data and um, entertain the idea of the book. When I first started with Jackie, I had no idea I would be making these kinds of banners and this this type of artwork. I was thinking really only of the design and layout of the book, uh, but it was a great experience for me. Um, and then it becomes a really wonderful um, model because I work with teachers, right? I work with becoming teachers and I think it's very important um, uh, to model in a way, um, you know, how, how the, the variety of ways that you can exercise your voice and how the arts uh, can help um, hold uh, and communicate complex experience. And you, we certainly have been living in a very uh, turbulent and complex time in Alberta, not only, as I said earlier, navigating a, a global pandemic, but enduring, um, you know, um, uh, a recession, enduring the Kenny cuts, um, the the lack of respect uh, for the environment, and so on. That's huge. All of those things all together, it's a lot. And um, you know, if if I can offer through this project for my students as as um, an idea or a model of, of how they could um, access the arts to to um, to increase their sense of agency and um, give them an avenue to to uh, assert their voice. I would be happy with that. Wow, Jackie, thank you, Darlene. I guess to that, I would say. Yeah, I would echo the arts really matter and poetry really matters. And this is for everyone and every person is creative and mm -hmm. uh, has the ability to access this part of themselves where we can respond to the world in really multidimensional, visceral ways that aren't just language, that aren't just like, um, you know, they're representation like how things would be in a newspaper or just on and I mean we know everybody loves like tv and movies so we access the arts all the time every day but I encourage people to collaborate with each other and make mm -hmm. things and create things and play together because we live in a time of a lot of division and isolation on purpose and a lot of distraction so the arts help to slow things down and they help us to focus and when we focus and uh, slow things down and pay attention to what's going on, we can really see what's happening around us. And mm -hmm. there are people and processes at play that do not want us to notice what is happening around us and would like us to be distracted and just go shopping all the time. So read poetry, uh, go outside, play with bees and uh, live together and love each other and look after mm -hmm. the world and one another. And that's what I think this kind of work is about and for, and uh, yeah, so I encourage people to tap into their creative side and make things and take risks and uh, mm -hmm. and play together, like how we play together and, you know, and, and laugh and enjoy things and like have the whole 
emotional experience that as you were saying, Nate, you know, you laugh at some and some are like so stressful to read and we cry and like human beings are very complicated and we can be all those things at the same time. And that is something really important. And we can't just be reduced to, you know, a number or, you know, a patient for the hospital or any of those things. Like we are all so many different things and kinds of people in our life. So I don't know, this reminded me of all of those things working on it. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to share and talk about it. Oh, yes, no, absolutely. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I know you had a couple set aside, Jackie. So uh, rather than do an outro, I'm going to ask you to play us out. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, I'll play us out. Uh, in that case, then I'm going to read another one that is not, um, they're just like, we're just in a very sad and awful time with so many people dying every day. So I just didn't feel like it was right to read the ones that are funny or making fun. And so uh, this is a poem called Second Wave Blues. And I kind of wondered this week if we could just call it Fourth Wave Blues. And uh, I look at Darlene's art at the top and like this was from a year ago, a fall, a year ago. And the top, her banner says, variant cases continue to surge. Alberta accounting for 53% of total active cases. This was a year ago and it feels like we're here right now. And so this is a guest poem by Jason Luan, who's the UCP MLA for Calgary Foothills, Second Wave Blues. None of us, I'll tell you that none of us, well, we talked about, well, perhaps there may be a second wave, but none of us wished what we thought might happen is actually happening as we speak and is happening at a much faster pace than what we all dreamed of. I'm just looking for the, I think it's important that, oh, here it is, that I share where this came from. So this is a direct citation from Jason Luan, who at the time was the Associate Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. And he made these comments at his town hall meeting in November uh, of last year. And he later deleted the video footage because of uh, some of the statements that he made, not this one, but other statements that he made during that time. So I had transcribed it before that. Um, so I only have a link to his apology, but these were the exact words that he said. And yeah, that's the poem I'll leave with because I think we're still in this time. And it made me feel that uh, they're not paying attention still, that we got back here in the exact same place a year later, that they're saying like none of us dreamed of it. Well, you know, lots of scientists all over the world told us exactly what was going to happen. And now it's happening. And it made me think like, are you not being brief? Like, are you all just like, fighting with each other? Like, what's happening in there? So. Yeah. The open for summer is the open for summer is very serious bumbles. Yes, it is. So that's why I chose those two poems as my main ones to share today, because I think what we're in right now is so avoidable and so many people have died because of it. And it really, it's really a terrible circumstance. So thank you very much for letting me choose some to share. No, thank you for sharing them. Thank you for this incredible project. If people, I don't know if I, I, I if people want to keep track of what you're up to, um, I know that we talked about where they can order the book from, but I'd like to just revisit that one more time. If people want to get the book, uh, if they want to order a hard copy, if they want to keep track of, of this project, future projects, all that kind of stuff for, for each of you, what's the best way for people to do that? Mm, well, we have 
the only thing we really have is well off of the website off of jasonkennypoetryproject.com uh, it has our Instagram link and our Twitter link and so I guess that's the best way that's where we're posting uh, examples of the poems we posted the links to the website and I know some people were sharing it in a Facebook group and I saw them say like we should have a public reading where people read like their favorite poems and then they also suggested like puppets I was like yes puppets so um, things like that could happen I guess like that's coming from the people I don't know them and uh, so I was like I'll be down on that so let's do it but uh, yeah absolutely following the social media accounts we don't have Facebook so just an Instagram and a Twitter account would be the best way perfect Thank you both again for your time and for all of the effort that you put into this. Uh, and I think that the, the word that you've used is, is I can't think of a, a better one, but for putting together this artifact. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. And that's it for another episode of The Breakdown. As always, if you appreciate the kind of content that we're trying to produce here, we'd ask you to please consider to sign up to be one of our uh, Patreon supporters at our Patreon site at www.patreon.com slash thebreakdowneb. Uh, and if you uh, are listening to the audio version of this podcast, we'd also ask you to leave a rating and a review because that helps us get the podcast into the ears of more people. As always, we want to say a big thank you to our current Patreon supporters. Uh, and we also want to say thank you to everybody who is just listening to this episode today because it's, it's a privilege that you're choosing to spend your time listening to what we're trying to do here. So thank you. <laughs>